Welcome to Two Open Doors, the podcast that explores our power to open or close the doors of relationship with the important people in our lives. We hope you'll learn from and share your wisdom with our community. Thanks for joining us. In our previous episode, we took a look at what emotions are at bottom and how they relate to feelings or affect. Our reason for considering those topics was that they play a central role in how relationships work. In this episode, we'll take an additional step and consider the role of emotions in emotional intelligence, or EQ. As we'll see, emotional intelligence serves as the foundation of healthy and thriving relationships. Let's start our exploration by considering where and when the term emotional intelligence originated. That term seems to have first appeared in a paper by Michael Beldock in 1964. Peter Salavoy and John Mayer used that term in an influential 1990 paper. Subsequent authors addressed the growing realization that the awareness and processing of emotions involve forms of intelligence that differ from those that are considered to contribute to traditional IQ. The notion of emotional intelligence entered the public vocabulary when it was popularized by science educator Daniel Goleman in his best-selling 1995 book titled Emotional Intelligence. The related term EQ, for emotional quotient, seems to have first appeared in a Keith Beasley article in a 1987 issue of Mensa magazine. The concept of EQ was meant to complement that of IQ. In brief, Emotional intelligence has to do with the awareness and management of emotions at both the personal and social levels. That covers a lot of terrain, enough so that the many traits that are associated with EQ blur into those that are associated with IQ. Still, the specific focus on emotions in human behavior and cognition earns emotional intelligence a place as a distinct area of investigation. Note that in this episode I'll use the label EQ as shorthand for emotional intelligence. Overall, the traits that are associated with emotional intelligence fall into three categories. First, awareness of emotional states, both in oneself and in others. Second, understanding of how to interpret emotions and how to understand the internal states that they are associated with, again both in oneself and in others. And third, knowing how to react to those emotions by managing one's reactions to one's own emotions and by behaving in appropriate, socially acceptable ways towards others. Let's consider each of these in a bit more detail. Many people, in reality all of us at times, have difficulty in being aware of their internal emotional state. Most people find it hard to appropriately label the emotions that they experience. Many times, our internal affective state, or feelings, doesn't rise to the level of consciousness, yet it can affect our mood and our motivation to act. These difficulties also impede our ability to discern emotional states in others. As we all know, it's easy to misinterpret what another person is feeling, leading to misunderstandings or worse. The more awareness we have of our and others' emotional states, the sounder a basis we have for taking appropriate and constructive action. We can cultivate emotional awareness by observing or attuning to our emotions, by questioning what's causing them, and by owning those emotions, whether we consider them to be positive or negative. Emotions convey a lot of information, but that information must be inferred. We can see that someone is angry, but using that information constructively requires that we try to infer or understand the source of that anger. The needed inference process is based on what is called theory of mind in cognitive science. 
Throughout our lives, even in childhood, we learn how people behave and we learn how to guess at what others' behavior implies about how they are feeling. Theory of mind describes the mental models that encode our understanding of others' behavior. Those models are based on what we have felt in our own life experiences. They enable us to extrapolate from our experiences to others' internal states based on how we see them behave. This, from the outside, understanding of others' behavior is a central pillar of emotional intelligence. Finally, awareness of our own emotional state and that of others is simply a necessary but insufficient first step in our deciding how to react to those emotions. Being aware of our own emotional state lets us determine how to manage our emotions, such as by soothing ourselves if we're agitated, or by counting to ten before responding to something that angers us. Similarly, inferring that someone we're interacting with is in a particular emotional state gives us choices as to how to respond to them. If we see someone we care about in apparent emotional pain, we can choose to comfort them. If we sense that someone is callously trying to take advantage of us, we can raise our guard. Social norms guide us in choosing responses that are deemed acceptable and appropriate in particular circumstances. We can depict these aspects of emotional intelligence in a figure that depicts two interacting people, in which a person on the left experiences and processes their own emotions, while also inferring and responding to the emotional state of another person on the right. Each of the facets of emotional intelligence can be represented by a path, either between the two people, for social interactions, or from one person back to themselves, to depict that person's internal emotional processes. As we can see, emotions, and how we respond to them, are essential ingredients in interacting with others. How we manage our own emotional state is also a key determinant of how we're perceived by others. As an example, most people tend to shun someone that they perceive as perpetually angry or otherwise negative. As we've discussed in prior episodes, relationships play out through the ongoing interactions that take place between partners, and those interactions reflect how the partners feel about one another. This view of relationships suggests that emotions lie at the core of any relationship, and especially in deeply connected, intimate relationships. As we've noted in numerous previous episodes, self-knowledge is an essential foundation for healthy relationships. Before we can relate to others, we need to know what we want and prefer in life, what we are prepared and able to share with others, and what sorts of people we want to have in our lives. Learning these things about ourselves requires self-examination and self-honesty. This self-examination includes knowing our emotional states and responses, and that in turn requires cultivating emotional intelligence. It's often noted that clear and honest communication is a requisite for successful relationships. However, it's less frequently observed that effective communication depends on deep understanding and caring toward one's partner. Clarity and objectivity aren't sufficient. Much of the information that's transmitted in communication comes in the form of body language and other nonverbal cues that tell us what's going on inside our partner. Having a well-developed theory of mind component of our emotional intelligence allows us to read this subtle information from our partner. EQ empowers us with awareness and understanding of both our and our partner's internal emotional states. As is sometimes observed, knowledge is power. The real basis for that power, though, is that EQ and caring work together synergistically to promote a host of traits and behaviors that nurture relationships. 
For example, the combination of caring and EQ-provided awareness that our partner has had a rough day can bring out compassion in us so that we can reach out with love, acceptance, validation, and support. The EQ-provided knowledge of the big and little things that please our partner provides us with opportunities to frequently say, I'm thinking of you, to our partner, by delighting them with little surprises as the opportunities arise. EQ helps us understand when our partner needs some space and quiet, or closeness and excitement, just as EQ guides us in asking for those same things for ourselves when we need them. We all want to be understood, accepted, and valued in our relationships. Emotional intelligence provides the insight and guidance that we need in order to bring those gifts to our partners. Without that understanding, all the caring in the world is likely to be ineffective in satisfying the unique needs and desires of our partner. Conversely, when two people both bring deep caring and a high EQ into their relationship, the result is likely to be a lasting and deeply satisfying shared experience of life. To learn more about Two Open Doors and to engage with our community, I'd like to invite you to visit the Two Open Doors private Facebook group for posts and discussion and the Two Open Doors meetup group for events. I also invite you to contact me directly by writing to me at claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, at twoopendoors.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I'll use your inputs to guide my work on future blog posts and podcast episodes. Thanks for visiting Two Open Doors.